Hello and welcome to this episode of the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Spees, DCC's Director of Advancement, and we want to thank you for joining us for what is the seventh episode in our leadership series that we have titled Serve Like the King. Leadership remains a popular topic across culture and organizations, and while we have a plethora of books, conferences, and seminars all focused on leadership, it seems we are still unable to figure it all out. The leadership struggle continues, and a step in the right direction, at least from the Christian perspective, starts with recognizing God as King. And joining us for today's episode is the chair of the DCC Bible Department, Dr. Mark Halen. Dr. Halen's been a regular guest for our podcast series, and we are glad to welcome him back to share with us today. Facilitating our discussion is the head of DCC's Practical Ministries Department, Dr. Eddie Sanders. So welcome, gentlemen. Glad you all are here. And Dr. Sanders, I'm going to turn it over to you for this episode of the Serve Like the King podcast series. Yes, thanks, Scott. Hey, good to be here and looking forward to walking through parts of Chapter 12. And what do you want to share with us today, Dr. Halen? Well, uh, I want to share a concept that uh, has grown in my mind through the years from 1 Samuel 12. Most specifically, verse 23 is is the verse that captures this. Uh, It comes from the farewell speech of Samuel to the Israelites after Saul has been chosen as Israel's first king. Saul has been uh, anointed and coronated. Saul has led the Israelites in victory over Nahash, the king of the Ammonites. And in chapter 12, Samuel gathers Israel together for what amounts to a farewell address. And in this farewell address, he, he says something that I first heard when I was a freshman in college. Uh, uh, Bob Martin was the, was the campus minister and he taught a few courses in theology at Johnson Bible College, now Johnson University, where I went to college. And he would, in worship settings, in chapel and like group meetings, he would quote parts of 1 Samuel 12, 23, uh, and it resonated, and then later in an Old Testament history class, like I read the text in context, and the, the statement is, moreover, Samuel says to the Israelites, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord, that I should sin against Yahweh by ceasing to pray for you. Mm. And I will instruct you in the way that is good and right. And and Professor Martin would, would often make that statement, you know, far be it from me that I would sin against God by not praying for you. If someone asked, would you pray for this? Mm-hmm. Or he would remind us that Samuel, this great prophet, had said this and said, we have an obligation. We, we've gotten these prayer requests. We have an obligation to, to pray these. And as I said, you know, then I, I see this statement in its context in this Old Testament history 
class, and and Samuel, in many respects, has just read them the riot act. You know, you sinned against God. We have a history of sinning against God. You got fearful of the Ammonites and the Philistines, so you asked for a king, even though Yahweh was your king. I got you a king. <laughs> and then, then he says, now, from this point forward, if you will serve God faithfully, and if your king is obedient, he'll go well with you. Mm-hmm. But if not... It's not going to go well with you. And then he says, I'm going to get, you know, we're going to have a sign. I'm going to give you a sign. It's weed harvest. And if God sends a storm, a real gusher, you know, with thunder and lightning, something that would not have happened during weed harvest time, then you'll know that what I'm telling you is true. And sure enough, this big storm comes, comes, and the Israelites yell, hey, pray for us, pray for us. And then Samuel says these words you know this guy that's just reamed them out is saying yeah by all means i'll pray for you and i'll teach you the way that's good and right right and through the years i've thought about this passage and then several years ago uh, i was getting it was getting toward the end of the spring semester and i was trying to figure out what do I say in the last class session mm. of Senior Bible Seminar? Because these are, for the most part, graduating seniors. I've been their instructor. I've been, for some of them, instructor in multiple classes. And they come from different majors. They all have a different idea of where God is calling them and what they'll be doing next week two months, two years, two decades from now. What do I tell these people? And it dawned on me that the best advice you can give people who are going to be leaders is what's in 1 Samuel 12, 23. Because those two things, praying for the people you lead and teaching them what is good and right, are two things that leaders can do, should do, and must do, no matter what their position of leadership is, no matter what their context of leadership is, no matter what their circumstances in leadership are, those two things are always appropriate. Whether you are leading in a corporation, whether you're leading in a church, as an elder, as a minister, as a Sunday school teacher, small group leader, whether your position and circumstance of leadership is as a mother, as a father, whatever your context of leadership is, those two things are two things you can always do. You can always pray for the people you lead. And you can always pray about how you are conducting your leadership. You can pray first, you can pray now, and you can pray often. Even if you're in a corporate setting where, you know, talking Christian stuff and Bible stuff is 
shunned, mm -hmm. is discouraged, or is even prohibited, you know, maybe you can't pray with your employee in your office, but you can pray for your employee yep. in your office. You can pray with and for your employee when you take him or her out to lunch, when you have them over to the house for a barbecue. It doesn't matter what the circumstance is, your circumstance, the work circumstance, you can always pray. That's no less true in secular settings than it is in sacred church ministry, what we often call ministry settings. And that has always, you know, we, we think about, you know, techniques of leadership and how we do leadership. Mm -hmm. And we forget the first thing that is always on the table. You don't have to have a budget to pray. If I could only have a budget, you know, <laughs> enough money in the budget, then I could lead this church into greatness. Well, with zero budget, you can pray. Amen. Uh, and you don't have to have budget for development of your employees. You can pray for them. And then you can always teach them the good in the right way, and you can model it. Now, you may in some settings, as a leader, you may not be able in non-church, non-ministry settings, you may not be able to explicitly say, this is what Christ would do. Uh, this is what Peter says in 1 Peter 4. You may not be able to do that explicitly, but... You can lead people, you can model people in the things that are virtuous, the things that are good. Like, take we can take the list in Philippians 4.8. That which is noble, that which is right, that which is pure, that which is lovely, that which is admirable, excellent, and praiseworthy. You know, you're leading a sales team. What would be the admirable way? What would be the praiseworthy way? What would be the noble way, the right way, the pure way? You can model that. You can encourage that. And so these, these things, that's what I came up with uh, one, one spring semester in senior Bible seminar. And um, a, couple, a couple years later, I think it was confirmed to me that because I started doing that, it came. It's it's a ritual for me now, every last session of senior Bible seminar, and it was confirmed that I must be doing something right when uh, we have kind of a, a custom here during the spring trustees meeting. Uh, we have a luncheon with with uh, uh, employees and the trustees, and we usually have graduating seniors are selected and they do give testimonials, and one year. One of, one of these graduating seniors talked about, you know, that these are two things that any leader can do. Uh, that was confirmation for me that, that maybe this is a good thing uh, that I stumbled across one spring semester in That's Senior awesome. Bible Seminar. That's helpful. So we have Samuel standing before the people, whatever that looks like. And as we've seen in the story, he comes on the scene as a as a young guy, young kid, and it seems now in the story he's got some age, he's got some experience, and I almost envision him, envision him, you know, thinking, not speaking so quickly, 
and reflecting a little bit and saying, yeah, this, this is what it's about. You know, almost picture a, a grandfather or grandmother who reflects on life around, you know, a holiday or a vacation and, and looks at the family and how big it is and says, what, what really matters? And what I heard from you is, well, Samuel said, when I look at this nation as a preacher, as a prophet, the fundamental values are praying and teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, truth, the, the, one of the greatest legacies you can give to anyone is with love and authenticity to to lead them into the truth, to help them to know what is right and what is good. And again, you're right, Eddie, that, that the idea of here's an old man, and even in his old age, he can do these things mm-hmm. to lead. And, and it doesn't matter what our setting is, what our age setting is, what our, where we fit in the organizational chart, it doesn't matter where we are, we can always pray. And we can always speak of that which is true, that which is right, that which is good. You know, the, the, the adage of leading from behind. Anyone who can pray and who can teach what is good and what is right can lead from behind can lead from the middle and can lead from the front mm-hmm. and and I would I would contend only those who are willing to pray for the people they lead and teach them what is good and right can ultimately lead uh, lead that group as you were telling the story and helping us envision Samuel standing there I I, I heard some dissonance you know I, I heard some mm-hmm. Uh, there's this, but there's this, and they're in conflict a little. And, and here's what I wrote. A dissonance between praying for and frustration with. I, I, think, yeah. I think on the most foundational level, we all can relate to frustration, you know, as a, as a new mother to, you know, a supervisor or, or whatever. I mean, frustration is, is part of life since Genesis chapter 3. What do we do with that? There's frustration with, and yet we're called to pray for, as we see modeled by Samuel. I I think uh, the I'll pray for you idea is in case you know uh, you people have frustrated me, you know, to my wit's end. However, I love you enough. That I'm going to pray for you, and I think this this is this is wonderful because prayer is always available when we are at our wits' end. Uh, as a parent, it's like, okay, Father, help me to lead this family well. Guard my heart. Give me wisdom, and then. If I go out there in the next two hours and really blow it, and and 
I I haven't figured out you know what my child needs be there and help mop up on aisle four you know <laughs> and, and I'm gonna trust that you're gonna be able to do that and that you will move in our lives together to to make what needs to happen happen and I think I think knowing this as leaders helps us to remember that a it doesn't always depend on us prayer the very act of prayer reminds us that it's not about us uh-huh. uh, this is this is why you know the age you know when when if you grow up in the church and you hear all this talk about praying and God knows everything and yet then we ask him uh, about we we talk to him about things well, why do I need to pray if God already knows what's going on because you need to acknowledge that God already knows and you need to put it into his hands and I think leaders need to pray for their people so that they know that ultimately it's in God's hands I do what I do because I've been given to do it but ultimately this is in God's hands I pray so I can get the wisdom to do what I need to do and then ultimately I hand it over to God I teach what is good and right, but ultimately I hand it over to God. That's good. Uh, if we could use our imagination just for a moment before I turn it back over to Scott here. What what do you think prayer looked like for Samuel? I I doubt if prayer for Samuel looked like the standard picture of folded hands uh <laughs> for sure i i i got a feeling that paul's dictum to pray without ceasing is the modus operandi for samuel that that he would just you know look up and just okay uh what what should i do with this god or or thank you thank you somebody got it <laughs> okay that it, it's it's i think He's probably a conversational prayer. Uh, yes. And uh, I think he reacted to the good and the bad and the ugly in life and t- brought it to God constantly. That's helpful, and I think we can all do that. Scott? Absolutely. I've been uh, challenged. I know uh, I laugh. I tell everybody I do a lot of my praying at the uh, at the gym, in the hot tub, in the sauna. That's been my uh my place of refuge and where I go. So I call them my hot tub prayers, but uh, I usually go down a list of people, but I've also been challenged. I think what would be cool would be to take our phone list for those that are here at DCC and just take a day and, and pray for everybody on that list or the list of all the faculty staff, the members that are here. Uh, we just, we, we don't do that enough. And that's a great way to lead from behind. I like that. Thank you for sharing that, Dr. Halen. And thank you, Dr. Sanders. You know, if you want to know more about Dallas Christian College, and if you want to know more about uh, what Dr. Halen was talking about, this senior Bible seminar, uh, you could find out more about our education program here and, and a lot more about our ministry and Bible department by checking us out at www.dallas.edu. Dallas Christian College educates and mentors students to be people of influence, engaging in their calling to the work of Christ 
in the church and in the world, and one of the ways that we can practically do that is to pray for one another. Hope that you have a great day. Thank you for being a part of this episode of the Dallas Christian College Leadership Podcast, and we'll catch you next time. Take care.